Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our study of the New Testament. This is part number 239. Uh, we've been going for a long time. We're into the book of Revelation. We've been working through the New Testament a chapter at a time. When we're done in the next few months with the book of Revelation, we'll begin in the Old Testament with Genesis and we'll work our way through the entire Old Testament, which will take another 15 years. So I, I plan and expect all of you to be here. That's good, right? Okay. So, uh, so that's where we're heading, because you should get the whole thing in. So we got 15 and a half years left, and we'll have gone through a chapter at a time. But right now, though, we're in the book of Revelation. Fascinating book. I know a lot of you are interested in the book of Revelation. Um, and we've been working our way through it. We're in chapter 5 now, the first three chapters. The first chapter was sort of an introduction to the revelation of Jesus and, and what that means and introduced, you know, the Apostle John into the mix and what was going on with that. And then chapters 2 and 3 were written to the seven churches that existed at the time. And uh, we talked about the symbolism in that and the meanings of that and, and um, how you can look for things in each one of the churches that impact the church today. Last week, we were in chapter 4. Chapters 4 and 5 sort of record the praise and worship that are taking place around the throne of God. And this is really helpful before we proceed into the rest of the Revelation because it helps us to get some perspective that we need to have. And that, that perspective is this, that God is the center of the universe, and we are not. God is the center of the universe, and we are not. Um, if you're here on the weekends, you hear me pray every weekend as I start every service, a part of the Westminster Catechism, I don't know if you know that I'm doing that or not, that says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You will hear me pray a part of that every Sunday. We're here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But we have a tendency to get this backwards, and sometimes we believe that the chief end of God is to glorify man and it's not. The chief end of man is to glorify God. And so everything that you read as we proceed in Revelation, when we start digging in next week to all the things that happen, you have to keep in the context that it's all about God. And, and so that is very important in the way it figures in, in the way that we understand Revelation and um, the way that we look at it and the perspective we have. So in, in chapters 4 and 5, Remember now we're in the throne room of God and where all we're seeing take place there is this amazing worship that's happening. And we introduced last week and we saw the elders and what they were doing. We saw the living creatures and what they were doing and everything that was taking place around the throne room and the Father was sitting on the throne in the process. This week we're going to see Jesus enter into the picture and we'll watch the worship that takes place around him. Um, also, that's going to happen this, this week that's very important is this scroll shows up. And um, just before we read, I, I, a scroll at the time was how things were, that was the books of the time were written on scrolls. And scrolls were sort of sheets of, of paper that were, um, they were papyrus at the time or vellum, and they were up to 30 feet long, and they were rolled up, and they were sealed with clay or with wax. And in the scroll that John sees, the seals are located throughout the scroll, scroll so that as each one is broken, more of the scroll, scroll can be revealed. So it's not like there's seven seals on the, on the one spot. There, it's 
been rolled up and sealed and rolled up and sealed again and rolled up and sealed again and rolled up and sealed again and there's writing on the scroll on both sides and and so um, uh, John can see seven seals uh, when he sees this scroll and he can see writing on both sides and you'll see when we when we start chapter 5 all this worship is going on and God the Father is holding this scroll in his right hand and so that's the picture that John's seen so let's read Revelation 5 14 verses and then we'll talk about the highlights then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside then one of the elders said to me do not weep see the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has triumphed he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals and then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing in the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders he had seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne and when he had taken it the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth and then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they sang worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped and so here we have the scene again in Revelation um, and John's trying to describe it and remember it's it's uh, it's just it's so overwhelming and he's trying to put things into words into context and to to take note of what's taking place and and again just just fascinating as we looked last week at this whole process of of worship that's going on continually around the throne verse 1 it says that God is holding a scroll in his right hand and that this scroll has writing on both sides and has seven seals so you need to know that coming up because it's pretty significant throughout the the book these these things that happen as these seals are um, are broken and the and the scroll is read starting when we get back together next week um, with Revelation chapter 6 in verse 2 a mighty angel proclaims who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll so the angel looks for someone who's who's able to come uh, who's worthy enough to open this scroll and begin to read what's what's written therein and John 
He's weeping because it seems to him that there's no one who can be found who can open the scroll. And yet there's this overwhelming sense that it desperately needs to be opened and read, that it's significant and it's important and it needs to take place. And then in in verse 5 and 6, an elder tells John not to weep because Jesus is worthy to open the scroll. And so in, in these verses that comes up next, you need to know that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and that Jesus is also the lamb, the lamb of God. Now, it's fascinating, too, because the angel or the elder tells John to look at the lion of Judah, but when John looks, he sees the lamb. So the lion and the lamb are absolutely the same. It's Jesus, but it's a picture of um, his, his ministry. When he came the first time, he came as the lamb who was slain, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. He came and willingly laid down his life so that we might have relationship with God. So he came as the lamb. When he comes the next time, and he's coming back, he comes as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and everything will be much different. And when we introduce you to Jesus in Revelation 19, coming back on a white horse, everything changes at that point in time. But he's the lion of Judah, as well as the lamb of God. And and yet it's Jesus. It's it's just a, a different picture of his uh, ministry, his mission when he came. So at his first coming, he comes as a lamb. His whole mission was to seek and save the lost, to make a way for us to be reconciled to God, which he does by willingly going to the cross and laying down his life. Remember, he willingly went. Throughout his ministry, he could, he could walk through the crowd whenever he needed to. He was fully God and fully man. Um, and yet he allowed himself to endure, to go through everything that he went through for us. He did that for us so that we could be reconciled to God. That was his mission as the lamb. When he comes back as the lion, next time back, everything's different. And he's just going to straighten everything out and put everything in order the next time. And it will be, and it will mean that everyone who hasn't repented has, has missed the opportunity when he comes back. That will be the option Um, We have the time now and this period of time now in our lives to come and know Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world so that we can be in relationship with God. Um, And and we have until he comes back. And at that point then, everything is going to be straightened back out and put the way that it was in the beginning. So so when you read about the lion and the lamb, it's Jesus doing what he needs to do uh, and and in his missions. And we're, we're waiting now on him to return. Um, it writes about the lamb having seven horns and seven eyes uh, and that the wounds of his crucifixion are still evident there in this process so it was going through what he went through at the cross that that um, was was what needed to happen for him to live a perfect sinless life and and exchange his life for ours that he was now worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals um, seven, whenever you see sevens, it's a, it denotes perfection and completion. In the, so just sort of you, as we're building up our symbols, you know, in the sevenfold spirit of God refers to the Holy Spirit. We've, been, we've already been taking in some of the symbols. Horns, they're a symbol of power. The eyes are a picture of watchfulness and uh, omniscience, all-knowing. Um, all of these things are taking place, and, and John is trying to write that down in the process. And then in verses 7 and 8, Jesus takes the scroll from the hand of God. 
And the 24 elders and the four living creatures begin to worship the Lamb with the exact same worship they offered to the Father in chapter 4. And this is a pretty big deal. It's a, it's a clear identification of Jesus as God because he's being worshipped just as the Father was worshipped. So to praise and worship Jesus is to praise and worship God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This is what's taking place in the process. Um, in the Gospels of John, John 14, 9, you can, you can read this later. Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So it's a picture of, of uh, Trinity and of um, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in the process. And so Jesus takes the scroll and um, the elders and the living creatures fall down in worship. And in verses 9 and 10, um, it says they worship with a new song. And they begin to break into this song, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Now, that, that, was, that was song lyrics that, that burst forth in the throne room of God. And one of the things you need to know about God is that God loves music. God loves music. God created music. And he loves music. He inspired the Psalms uh, and the writers of the Psalms. And those are musical poems. They're, 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 they're music, set to music, the Psalms. Uh, in Colossians 3.16... It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. God loves music. God loves it when we sing to him. God loves the music that we offer him as worship. And, and so, um, you know, it's important that you're aware of that. It's, it's not just something that we we come together and do to pass the time or to fill up the hour or to do anything else. It's, it's because it's a part of, of the heart of God. He loves it when his people sing to him. And so when we, when we come and, and we, we start virtually everything we do here in song, it, it's because we know it, it's the heart of God. He loves it. He loves it when his people sing to him. And I hope that, that at every opportunity you sing to him. I hope that you understand how much the heart of God loves that. Um, I, I, I find myself with different songs that we do here that will stick with me throughout the week and I'll be walking around singing the song I'm sure everybody thinks I'm crazy and I just think eh, I don't really care um, you know I've been that one we've been doing lately Spirit Burn kind of got a, it's got a country music Spirit Burn I'll be walking around singing that I know God loves that and I, I like singing it and uh, what was I singing that other one you won't, you won't relent until you have it all. Um, we sang that last Sunday. Man, I've been just singing that all over the place. And, and I, I know that, that, that it pleases the heart of God to sing to him. And, and it doesn't matter how well you sing or how well you, you know, whatever. I mean, you, if you're not the best at singing, you probably shouldn't be on a microphone, but you should still be singing. <laughs> you know? And because uh, he loves it. God loves it. So anyway, I, my, my hope is that as you see this picture around the throne, you realize 
the importance of worship and how much God loves music. I mean, they had instruments. It says they had harps, and they were, they were in it. And, they, and, and this new thing, this new this, as things happened, man, they made worship songs up to God. And that's what they were doing. They, it's, it's like worthy of a song. God loves music. Here comes this new song, and they start to sing it. So it's not just being said. It's being sung by the elders and by the, by the living creatures. And then, so they're singing that, right? And then this company of angels comes in. Uh, and, and this company of angels is too numerous to count. I want you to get thousands and thousands. 10,000 upon 10,000 mean John can't count them. So ten, ten, it's like millions. of Too numerous to count. These angels pop in and they begin to sing. And they got their song they're singing. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So I want you to catch what's going on. All right. The elders, the 24 elders and the four living creatures creatures are playing instruments and they're singing you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men from, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth and so you got them singing that and then you got the angels coming in behind them and they're singing worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So all this song has erupted in the heavens as Jesus has taken the scroll and he's going to open the scroll very soon and they know that he's worthy and they're worshiping him for what he's done and his willingness to go to the cross and all that he's done to, so that people can be reconciled to God and have life in him and that God can restore everything to the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. And that's not it. Worship's not over. Because it says in verses 13 and 14, Then everyone in heaven and on earth join in singing, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. This worship just touched off everyone and everything who loves and worships God. The, the, the cross and, and Jesus defeating death and rising again and now being worthy to, to open the scroll and to begin the process of, of the restoration of all things was made possible at the cross. And this, this, this amazing scene is taking place around the throne room of God. And I just hope at some level, I know it's hard to even begin to imagine, but if you could just tap in to see that that's taking place in the throne. And here comes this, just this amazing, um, beautiful sound around the throne. And remember last week, there's lightning flashes and there's colors. Too, too, too great for us even to imagine. And all of this is, is happening around the throne. And, and we've gone outside now, the, the elders and, and, the, and the living creatures and now millions of angels and now the, the whole company of saints gathering together and worshiping God and through it all remember that, that this, is, this is a picture that Jesus is in control Jesus is fully in control of everything that's going to happen and, and even though sometimes it seems like the enemy and the evil uh, his evil kingdom is, is sort of you know they're just uh, doing whatever they want you need to know that, that Jesus is fully and firmly in control and will be all the way through the process and, and even though the enemy's busy and we've talked about that his time is limited and it's drawing to a close and so we need to do what we're called to do in the process which is to, to continue to let people know that there's a way
out of darkness into light, to be rescued from the enemy's kingdom and, and become a part of the kingdom of God and join in this worship of God throughout all time and eternity. So, so that's where we're at. Next week, you'll, the scroll will be open and the seals will begin to um, be taken off and, and the seals, and, and you're gonna see in chapter six, a, a, wider, a rider on a white horse, but don't be deceived, that's not Jesus. That's the Antichrist. And, and he's gonna come to deceive the world. The rider that you're looking for on the white horse comes in chapter 19, that's Jesus. This first one comes, and he comes with a bow. He's not Jesus. When Jesus comes, he comes with a sword. That's in Revelation 19. So now we're gotta, from six to 19, we gotta go through all the mess that's gonna take place at the end until Jesus comes and begins the process of straightening everything out. So that's where we're at. That's enough for today. Revelation, you, it's, fortunately, the chapters are pretty small. You gotta take it in little chunks. And uh, I think that's helpful. Uh, and then it starts to get a little more, there's a lot of symbols and stuff that start popping up when we move into the next chapter. So we'll look at that next week. But uh, just for now, just remember what we've been talking about. We, we saw the introduction and we saw the letters to the churches. And now in four chapters four and five, it's about worship. So we get our perspective right that it's all about him. He's the center of the universe, not us. And that'll help us to understand what's about to take place as we read through the book. But that's good for now. Um, if you've been watching on a video, thank you very much. We appreciate you doing that. Hope you can come and visit us sometime. And uh, if you're not already, but, uh, but that's enough for today.